Please, that we have under control, Baruch Hashem. Thanks to our team. Uh, next uh, Sunday morning, there will not be shir. We will continue, hopefully, the Sunday after Pesach. And we'll have the various Nyan of the Yemeshirim over Yontif. Uh, we left off in Divrei Yom and Beis, Parach of Hay. We're going to start again, Pasigit Gimel, but I just want to do a quick Chazara. We have here the good news and the bad news. I always like starting off with the good news. The good news is that Amatio brings the battle to Edom, has a complete victory. He's trying to finally knock them out. This is not just a airdrop of some bombs or some pinpointed attacks to get rid of the enemy. This is an attempt to get rid of them completely. It's not Machias Amalek. As Yaakov uh, was asking, there'll probably be some Amalekim there, but it's Edom. Nonetheless, they're a huge pain. That's already a, uh, a low-key description. And he does the job, brings back 10,000 prisoners of war, and prisoners of war, and as we discussed last week, I get to the UN uh, condemnation, which was, I'm sure, quick to come. And... Most of it was the usual anti-Semitic attack. In this particular case, part of the allegation was, I can't say true, because he had a right to get rid of them. The way he got rid of them was on his madrega for the triple standard that the Jews are supposed to be on was a bit in overdrive or overkill, as we used uh, last week, literal and, uh, and figurative as well. And he was doing it, Laman Yishmu Viro. It was a mistake. It was a tactical error. He'll say, no, in war, things go wrong. And uh, why is this here in the Navi highlighted? The answer is, is that before the war started, if you recall from two weeks ago, he had hired many, many mercenaries from Klai Yisrael. The Navi came to him and told him to send them home. And to his immense credit, he had paid them already. Once you pay for something, you want to get some use. And he asked the Navi, what do I do with the money? Should I ask for it back? He said, no, he insinuated. Don't ask, just forget about the money. Hashem will give you spoils of war. You'll uh, have a good year with the economy, and you'll make it back. Don't worry about it. And he let go, which we all know for, you haven't met anybody who was fighting over the money. It wasn't the money, it was the principle. Uh, he didn't fight over the principle, didn't fight over the money. He sent them home with pay, this is a godless. We're talking about this is a, this is a king of stature. And didn't make a whole sikhsuch over it yet. They will. That's this week. But he sent them home. Said, we don't need you. Nice day's work. It's the effort and the uh, desire that counts. And here you get your full salary with pension. Cavaldi. He sent them home. He fights the war. He makes this mistake. And I believe, and we're going to build on this, uh, his mistake over here wasn't a tactical error. It was not asking another. He didn't ask over here. He didn't think there was a shayla. Prisoner of war. He's, the whole point of the, of the battle was to scare them and to show the rest of Edom and everybody else around there, don't mess with me. And he had to send a very strong message. Uh, was it uh, too much, perhaps? That wasn't the problem. The problem was the fact that had he asked the Navi, the Navi would have told him, just like there's no Avera in hiring mercenaries, there's no technical Avera, just Lefi Madrigascha. It's again, overdrive in the Hishtadlus, and 
underestimating the madrega he could have been on and be talking on the moon up. And he listened. So part of that theme would have been over here. You won the battle already. It's over. You want to exchange prisoners. You don't have any prisoners to exchange. You want to deal with them the way you normally deal with them. Okay. With the cliff, with the valley, in full view of the Umas Elam. Probably wasn't necessary. It could be counterproductive. And I would have told you that, but you didn't ask. Why did the Navi volunteer? So a number of you have asked me over the last number of years, uh, why did the Navi come and tell him? Answer is, sometimes the Navi does, and often you have to leave Bechira in place. And you had Bechira, you can't. The Navi comes and tells you every time you're about to talk Lashon Hara, uh, Your Highness, this is Lashon Hara, please don't do it. Uh, it's going to take away the free range of Bechira that he's supposed to have. So the Navi didn't volunteer, and Navi probably understood that I just gave you Musr like five hours ago before the battle. Uh, perhaps you should realize from there that not everything you're planning is on the up and up, and uh, you have to uh, double-check. And he didn't. So lesson number one is even where he didn't think there was a question, uh, we're dealing with certainly a cutting-edge policy, and it was a chiddish probably to some of his officers as well, and never been done before in a Jewish battle, why not uh, double-check with the chief chaplain? What happens to be the Godla there on the Navi? Couldn't hurt. You know, to spend another five minutes with the Navi? That's always a good idea. He didn't do that. Right now, we don't yet see the disastrous consequences of his actions. Uh, we're going to see the beginning of the unraveling of what uh, was supposed to be a victory parade. He's supposed to go home and have some nachas. It's not going to happen. Let's go to Pasigit Gimel. B'nai Agdud. These Yidden from the Aseris Ashvatim that he sent home with pay. B'nei Agdud, Asheheshiv, Amatzio, Melech, Azimah, L'Mochamam. V'yishetu, Bari Yehuda, Mishayman, V'ad Be'ezcharim, V'yakam, E'em, Shleshes, Alofan, V'yavoz, Abiza, Rabbah. On their way home, they began to attack villages in Yehuda, these are Yidden. And uh, open warfare, open uh, slaughter, Yidin to Yidin was relatively uncommon. I'm happy to report that even when the assessor shot them had an, an uneasy peace with Yehuda and Benjamin, and this is going on for a long, long time. And once in a while that opened warfare, and then people were killed. Afterwards, the uh, prisoners of war were fed chomp, gefilte fish, uh, probably some gala, depending what neck of the assessor shot them they were from. I'm sure that goes back to... Uh, traces where you're from, and uh, they sent them home uh, recovered. The Pusik reports that. Over here, they weren't even supposed to be having a battle. They just sent them home with pay. And they were so angry, so upset about their cover. This is all covered. It's covered like Hilu. What's the matter? You think we're a fifth column? You think we can't fight? We had all sorts of suspicions. And it was none of the above. He sent them home because it wasn't necessary in uh, his level of Ishtadlis. It was counterproductive. He listened to the Navi. They didn't get that part for some reason. I'm not sure why. Didn't they hear? Didn't he explain? I, sorry, guys, uh, I love you and would have been a great battle, but uh, nobody told me to send you home. It's quite possible they heard that and they said to Shvatim, they didn't always listen to the Navi. So they were annoyed. They were annoyed at him. They were annoyed at the Navi. They were so annoyed, they killed 3,000 people. And they uh, took whatever wasn't drilled into the ground and then some and walked back to this besides their pay. 
Now Amatziel gets back from the battle. That's not the last we're going to hear of that. Yudal ve'yacharei boy Amatziel me'akoses adaimim ve'yaveyes. I hope you're sitting down for this one. Ve'yaveyes alahei bnei seir ve'amidem loy le'lohim. Taking booty is perfectly, as we explain many times, in the ancient world, perfectly legal, halachically and internationally. Lahavdol. And even the UN then wouldn't have condemned this. They probably would have anyway. And they would have given some chilek, why it's legal for the rest of the world and not for the Jews, whatever. But they, it was legal. Obviously, you take booty home, there's going to be all sorts of uh, statues, gold and silver. The value is not important because they were uh, working avodazaras. Working meaning not that they worked, but they were uh, working for them. They were used. Operational, is a better word. And... Um, you might think that any of it about Azar would find out after a couple of days that what you think is operational is not working. All right, they just lost the battle. But for some reason, that was uh, stayed around because that was the Eight Sahara, and the Gaim didn't get the message. And unfortunately, some Yidin didn't get the message. He takes them back. The Dabar Malchosa had this. And he asked Itaigitai to Bilvatovan, all Sugi in the Gemara, when a guy is allowed to Bilvatovan, when you're allowed to have a when you're not allowed to have a when you have to burn it, when you have to grind it. So the fact that they fell into his lap during the battle is not so surprising. They were all over the place. But he brought them home. He brought them home intact. And clearly it wasn't Mavad with them. Not only that, he set them up and he bowed down to them and he brought Katerius in front of them. Real of This is the same Amatzeo we were just talking about, the Baal Madrega, who had just fought the battle at Siat Deshmaya, sent away the people, listened to the Navi. Speaking about contrast, we have from generation to generation, zigzags we spoke, within the same person from one hour, it's not one day to the next, it's one hour to the next. Like, what's going on? Whatever I say over here is not going to help us fully understand what's going on. So just uh, know that now, and often uh, we explain, and we do understand a lot more than we understand over here. Uh, what we do know is, some of Hashem suggest he was actually very nervous that he had done such damage to Edom, especially the last part with the cliff, that he was afraid that the gods would be out to get him. No, but he fought a battle against uh, those people and he won. So that they'll understand. You know, war's war. Got to fight and they're harassing me and they're raiding the border. But what I just did, he was very nervous. You have to bear in mind that the Yitzhahar for Avodazar is uh, not going to be gone till Tchilas Bayashani. It was extremely strong to the extent that it pounded away every single day. And the bigger you were, the more of a, uh, of a process it was. The Sutton obviously tried to get the Melech Yisrael more than anybody else, the Melech Yud in this case. Often succeeded with the Matzio, it's never happened before. And I can only explain that he just fought a very difficult battle and probably is under criticism not only from the UN, the UMA probably his own man also. And then, it doesn't say yet in the Pusik, but it sounds like he got word of what just happened while he was gone, that the army he sent away his fellow Yidin just destroyed the countryside and killed thousands of people. So he was a bit unhinged. I'm not condoning this. I'm just telling you what was going through his mind. So he was a bit unhinged. They have uh, now a lot of discussion, write-ups about, uh, what's it called, the Rashi Tevis, the post, uh, 
they come back from battle, traumatic stress. So that's a real, it's a real issue to go and you have to kill people and you have to uh, see a lot of blood and uh, be in tremendous sakana. You could snap. I'm not saying he went crazy. I'm not going to potter him in the insanity plea. He's quite normal and we will yet see more about him. But if he never did this before, like why start now? The answer is he took these gods and he tried to mollify them. Did he believe in this? The answer is, did any from person, he was very from, believe in this? The answer is they were hedging their bets. They said, you know, first again for Shachris, Megzman Kriyash, he's made this vow of the Magad Avram, no Shailah. And um, he's an honest person. He paid his payolim even though he didn't even use them. He listened to the Navi. And he wants to make sure that the gods aren't very angry at him. Ah, the gods are sticks and stones. The answer is, yeah, we know that, I know that, you know that, but just in case uh, somebody's met them who's still alive, who's going to cast a spell on me, I'm not taking any chances. Which is still ridiculous. This is insane. I'm not, uh, don't get used to this idea. But we don't even have the Yitzhahara, so it's hard for us to put our hands around this. But uh, we do it in our own uh, small way, we, you know, double-checking, and uh, you ever see a guy who went to... Uh, a lady who's going to read his palm and, uh, and give him some sort of good luck charm and there are people with rabbits on, hanging from their mirrors and their cars. All this is chukoseyam, kishuf, whatever. Why do you have it? That? It's ridiculous. But you know, oh, little rabbit's hair, never, never hurt anybody unless it's an isteraisa, chukoseyam, or worse. So we have uh, our ways of, uh, of hedging our bets and uh, he fell in big time. And again, with all this explanation, there's an isteraisa, nechiv, skila. And uh, the reaction in Shemayim is not long in coming. And the Kosh Baruch Hu sends a Navi. Pasuk Tezvav. Ve'yichar af Hashem ba'matzio. Ve'yishloch elav Navi ve'yemerloi. Lama, next page. Darashta es alahe ha'am asher lo itzilu atzamam yadecha. This is a fascinating Pasuk. Normally when somebody does a Barazar, especially somebody who doesn't really do this, is not into this, you would find much heavier musr. Here, God, they didn't deserve it. Here, Kosh Baruch sends the message in the Lashon of the Navi. He says, forget the fact this and it's a skila. Forget the fact it's a massive chil Hashem. Forget all that. What are you thinking? These are the gods of the defeated army. How strong can they be? What do you have to ingratiate yourself over here? These are the gods, quote unquote, that didn't let any of them survive. Most of them were killed instantly and the rest are thrown off a cliff. How powerful can they be? Now, Mepharsham again point out that's exactly why he was bringing Kateris is because maybe they were asleep that day, which is insulting to the god. He had no problem with that because they're about so uh, he didn't uh, attribute too much power to them. But he says, you know, tomorrow morning, I don't want to find out that all of a sudden they woke up and found out their kingdom was gone. So, Akash Baruch didn't accept that explanation. And uh, he gives them heavy Moser. The Navi, and uh, he says, besides the fact that this is an Isser Chamer, Chamer Shebechameris, this is also not too smart. It, it, it looks even more ridiculous than it normally looks. Uh, you're the victor, they're defeated, and you're, uh, you're bringing them gifts. As the Navi starts talking, here he has a very uh, adverse reaction to Musa. We would venture to say most people who know have an adverse reaction to Musa. Uh, the question is, how violent do you get? Before you pat yourself on the back, you're going to 
all tell me that uh, last time you got Musr, you never threatened to kill the guy. And the Melech is going to do this. Okay. But you're also not Amatia, the king. And you're also not hearing Musr from another, and you know deep down this is real Musr coming from the real source. When we hear Musr from our friends, we say, no, what do you know? So we get to, says, don't, you're not so from yourself. Yeah, they couldn't have, all the regular Tehutsim are not going to work over here. He's talking to the Navi, and the message is direct to Makash Baruch, and he knows he messed up yesterday. So either you're going to say Chatasi, which is what David Malach, his great, 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 great grandfather would do, or you're going to tell him to be quiet, or we're going to kill you. One of the two. It's not going to be too much in between. Unfortunately, it's the latter over here. Pasik Tezai, Vayi, Bedabra, Elov, he says, did I appoint you as the advisor to the king? This is also very fascinating. The answer is actually yes. Navi was supposed to be the advisor to the king. And he was the advisor who advised him yesterday, said the the soldiers, that he listened. So it's not like, good morning, who are you? Uh, name, social security number? Well, who let you into the palace? How would you get into the Oval Office? What are you doing here? He's, that's, that's what it sounds like. It's like, who appointed you as a yay? It's kind of, who appointed you? I'm, that's my job here. But he was trying to tell him in a not-so-nice way that if I was Manasha or somebody else coming that doesn't exist yet, that uh, the real Russian Musha, I'd have you executed on the spot. Since I'm Amatio and I know you and we're related, uh, I'm just going to tell you a thinly-veiled threat that uh, this is not your job, so why don't you stop now while you're ahead or while you have a head a better way to put it. And uh, that way he's going to give him fair warning. Let's finish the Pesach. Stop. He says in a very generic, this is the, this is the royal we. Well, he is a king. He said, why should we kill you? Who's we? Well, he's not going to physically kill him. He's just going to tell, uh, there's always enough people in the cabinet who are willing to get rid of another. We've had that before and we'll have it again. He said, uh, why should you get killed? Vayechtel Navi. So, he had to read this very carefully. The Navi stopped, not because he was scared, and uh, there's a very, very fascinating discussion in the Achrenim. What the Gedder, the Adayan, has a Tzivoy, Midaresa, not to be afraid of anybody. The Pesach in Chumash. The Pesach can discuss. That means when he pulls a gun, after he pulls a gun, before he pulls the gun. Well, how... He threatens to slash your tire. Your tire's were slashed already. The windows are broken. How closely tied does the defendant have to be to the mafia for you to back off the case? So the good news is, for any of the uh, would-be Diana over here, if he has a gun or his last name is Siegel or something to that effect, and uh, you have no doubts on his ability and his history of getting rid of the people he doesn't like, and you didn't know that when you took the case, now you found out and the threats have been made, you're actually allowed to back down. In the face of direct sakharas of fascists, you don't have to stay on the case. If it's just a chashash, or normally you say any chashash whatsoever, sakharas of fascists, in the slightest, is daicha everything, except for Gideon Rashford, it's not about Azar, but judging a case is not one of them. So um, over here, the place can say, that's where the Pasuk applies, you have to show extra courage and stay on the case and hire yourself some more guards. And then the in-between, this comes up, not in America, because nobody's that afraid because the basin doesn't have that much power, unfortunately, because he can't enforce it anyway, so what's the guy getting all unnerved about? But we know in uh, the secular cases, there are some judges who actually uh, died in the um, 
the process and the due process of the law, and they couldn't figure out how the guy all of a sudden slipped in a bad appeal somewhere, and um, he's gone, or something a little more nefarious, and he started up with the wrong clan, let's put it that way. And, some, and often, Baruch Hashem, the uh, forces that be were able to get rid of them before they got rid of the uh, law. And it's always an ongoing gun battle, and uh, we try to figure it out. But the din is, you don't have to push forward if his direct second is the fascist. So he has, the Navi is like a Dayan, the Dayan's trying to keep law and order, giving Musser, and the Navi's doing the same thing, and it was always a rough job, and there were Navim who were killed in the line of duty. It's Chaya Navi. We'll see later, is going to be killed by uh, Manasha, and uh, his grandson, that's uh, as bad as it gets, the king, his grandson, and he's going to kill him. So this is not an idle threat, and he has the right to stop. So the Pusik says, he stops. So you think that's the end of the Pusik. So he stops, but he's so courageous, he stops, but he's going to get in the um, last word with tremendous mischievous nefesh. It means he understood, he was hoping, that the king had to hear a little more Musr, and he threatened to kill him. If he keeps on bothering him, but just he's going to bother him for another three minutes, which extreme gavura over here, because uh, the Melech is a bit volatile at this point with this... Uh, stress syndrome or whatever else he has. And he puts in the last word, Vayemi Yadati Kiyatz, next page. Elokim Lahash Kisecha Kiasisa Zoitz Velo Shamata Latsasi. Quite a sentence he put in over here. He says, okay, uh, you know, it makes it clear I'm not gonna talk about this for days. Just my final words, I told you already that what you did was absolutely insane, uh, besides being extremely usur. And you don't want me to talk further, I'm just going to mention to you the short version of what I was about to say, is that Akash Baruch Hu will now um, get you into very serious trouble, and you better watch out and do tshuva quickly. He didn't spell that out, but that was the message. And what's fascinating over here is that he's told, Lushen over here, Yad which means Hashem is going to put an Eitzah in your head, and your cabinet members are going to agree with you, and this Eitzah will now get you into another war, and you will lose uh, many, many, many soldiers and part of your territory and have tremendous busyness. Which means it's a warning that it's not even a battle that has to be fought and you're going to have less yet now. This is what I call the unraveling. This started with not asking the Navi about the cliff issue. And now he gets to Ovarazar, which makes the uh, POW issue pale in significance by far. He wasn't over on any... There was no Betzich over here. He had a right to do... What, what he, what he wanted, the way he did it, was uh, not the best way, but uh, pale and significance is an understatement. This is hardcore of Onazara. And it seems, this is my conjecture, that he was bent out of shape, and what he did was horrible, but knowing the Yitzhar for Avodazara and him wanted to hedge his bets, over here, this is not the fiercest reaction in Shemayim to somebody who just did Avodazara. And if it's Chaim Misa, you would think of the next battle, he's going to die. And he's not going to die. I'll warn you ahead of time. He's going to lose much of his army, and it's going to be a serious issue. But he's not going to be killed. I can only answer to the reason in terms of why is that as Avodazara goes, this wasn't the worst misstep that we have in Navi. Even though Pussy clearly says that he set them up and he's knocked it to them. That's why I'm trying to give some excuses in the background. It doesn't make it right, and it doesn't pardon him, but in the terms of the hierarchy of how bad this is, he's still going to remain king. And the eighth that he's warned about is, you're going to make a very serious error in judgment now, 
even more serious than the last one in terms of what to do in leading the country, and you're going, get, going to get into a mess. And he was warned, going to get into a mess that's not necessary, and he's going to do it anyway because that's the nevuah. Yes, Uri. I just want to go back earlier to the man good when they pillaged in Shaykh's widow. But when Bert's asking, one could take on the opinion that the Melk at that point in time didn't do anything wrong. He listened to exactly to what the Melk said. Right. And, and it required a lot of, of self control to do it. Right. And almost as a direct consequence of less Right. It's a very good question. So why? Everybody understand what he's asking? He says, why is it? The one Nisayin he passed in this whole parak is that he sent the people home, he gave them money, he paid them, didn't make a fight, and they're the ones who did tremendous damage. Killed people and uh, robbed, pillaged the countryside and wreaked havoc in his kingdom, which is a chutzpah. They were an army passing through your, your area, your neck of the woods is never safe, but that's uh, going to happen later on with Yeshayo Melch, Yeshayo Melch, where he's... Uh, doesn't want to let the Melchim try and come with his army, even though he's told I'm just passing through, going north. It's dangerous to have soldiers. The soldiers are usually pretty wild, and uh, that's why, and they weren't too from, and that's why the Navi told them you shouldn't have them in the first place. With that said, Lamaisa, he did the right thing, sent them away, and they did the most damage to date. That's why, I believe the answer is that this Pasuk, go back to Pasuk Gimel for a moment. Uh, Pasuk Gimel, right after Pasuk Gimel, where it should be, the quote-unquote atrocity of the way he treated them was a mistake. It was a chil which is the worst of over here. Not the Ritzichel wasn't uh, wasn't a category because he had a right to kill them. It's the way he did it and the way he looked to the Umas Elam. No, that's what I'm saying. Pasuk Pasuk the war started immediately after he sent them home. He didn't send them home by plane. So you have tens of thousands of soldiers, and they're walking home, and they didn't take a direct route. They, as a matter of fact, Dafka sat around probably complaining and murmuring and mumbling and grumbling, and as they got moving, it started getting out of hand. I don't even know if it was premeditated. It was probably, maybe they got drunk. On the way home, they started doing a little damage, and then more damage, and their anger spilled over condoning it, and then by the time they got home, this was the damage that was us. This was happening while he fought the battle. In terms of their anger, it started and when he got back, everything takes time. There are troops moving around. After Yud Beis, when he finished the battle, the battle was relatively swift, Baruch Hashem. Uh, I have reason to believe that much, much of the damage was not yet done and it got worse, significantly worse, after his Avera, and that's why Siat Hashemaya wasn't there. So that might be conjecture on my part, but the Pasuk Yudbeis was put Dafka before Yud Gimel. Uh, basically, Yudbeis ends the entire war and tells you what happened at the end of the war. And then Yud Gimel, you're correct, it could be a flashback that this is what happened while he was away, but he wasn't away that long. So it could be this is what started happening while he was away, or this the anger was there as they were departing, and then as he was coming back, this is what happened. But it was after he made that public spectacle in that Hashem, and that was what I described as the loss of Siyat Hashemai, which led to the bigger loss of Siyat Hashemai that he starts taking the Avdeh Barazar. And I'm, again, guessing that he heard about it, that he was angry, and he felt maybe, I don't understand, you're Kashif. I just did the right thing. I just sent them away. I just did this, and we always want human. We want direct reward. The direct reward was he won the battle. 
That's pretty good. Went to battle, few casualties, if any, and an astounding victory. That wasn't enough. He hears that they're angry and they're starting to try trouble, and there was an attack over here. Again, by the time the news comes, it was an ongoing situation, and uh, some people are fighting and screaming and yelling and drunk and, and, and stealing. Okay, a wild out, army passing through. But then he starts getting warnings and warnings. He says, I don't understand. He says, I, I did the right thing. I won the battle. Maybe the gods over there aren't too happy with me. I'm, this is it's based on Mepharshim. I'm just tying it all together. And then he said, you know what? I'll, I'll set them up. I'll bring some katars. First, got to go to Shachris and morning Seder and Dafyemi. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of the gods. It always sounds bizarre to us, but that's what was going on. And he didn't go off the derech over here. And uh, then the Navi came to him and said, uh, you just had a victory. What, what's your problem? So his problem was probably what you're raising. Is, I don't understand. Why am I having trouble from these guys? The answer is, is that you get up for Shacharis and Shir, and you go home. It's Sunday, but before Pesach. So uh, you get a business call, and the client is not too happy. It shouldn't happen to you, Mitzvah Shem. Uh, and you wonder, I understand, I just came, I just learned, I just went to Shacharis, we just discussed this, now I'm getting bad news. So the answer is, is that uh, either bad news is a kapara, or there were supposed to be six clients that were calling, and only one called, because you learned so well. With these cheshpanis, it's hard for us to know, but uh, one of your, all your clients are listening, so none of them are going to call now, don't worry about it. But uh, th- that's, that's, the way you verbalize is exactly what he was thinking. And that's why he was off kilter and unhinged. And that's part of the problem. Yossi? So unfortunately, uh, he gets a warning over here that uh, you better be very careful because you're going to do something that afterwards, in the 2020 hindsight, in the Monday morning quarterback, everybody's going to wonder, what were you thinking? I'm going to keep you in suspense until after Pesach. It's going to be an absolute disaster that, talk about self-inflicted wounds. We live in a time, the last couple of months in this country, that self-inflicted wounds are a very big topic in the news. So, 2020 hindsight, the next morning, you want to, you know what? Uh, one less tweet might actually do you some good and give you some menuchas and in life. For our ilum, not tweeting at all would give you menuchas and uh and help you in your learning and other areas of your Avedis Hashem. But even if you're not the Metuva and the Bittu Teira, and uh, you're not Jewish, even if you're related to some who are, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. Just after you pull the trigger, you realize, you know, we could have done without that part. It's a lesson. All this is a Musa Shmuz. The Musa here, besides trying to figure out what's going on, just uh, the Musa of the human condition is, is just awesome. And uh, we'll see what the problem is. It'll take us a while to go through. Mitzvah Shem, we'll see that if the page, let's go to the Peliates. If you open to page Kuf Samach Beis, we're in the middle of Tzipoy, talking about being Metzapel Yeshua. Also, if you uh, examine Simonim in Shamayim. I said something last week which I wasn't sure whether it should be on the air because I repeated something I said on Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, we had uh, a Lamayla Midercha Teva happenstance where the last 10 minutes of the Shia was lost for posterity. Shragi can't figure out what happened, but we only lost the Peleyites. So I'm not going to go back and repeat it again. You get one Simon Shemayim, you don't have to ask for trouble. Um, but that never happens. After our disclaimer, maybe we shouldn't say it. So. It was deleted from the world record. If you were here, you were here. If you weren't, uh, no one else is going to find out about it, and we're just going to continue. So we're up to the fourth paragraph from the page, and Kosam Bez, being Metzapeli Yeshua, we're discussing the Chiyav to not only understand the Gula's coming, one of the Animamins, also to actively look forward. And active was our description, that you should be active in davening well, doing mitzvahs, and understanding that a lot of it is up to you, 
And being active also means not to be too proactive where it becomes the law of diminishing returns. And he goes on to describe the number one pushback that most people have in their uh, slipping into their uh, false humility. Miani, Mani, I'm going to bring the gula. I'm just one person. Ramesha didn't bring the gula. Rabbi Yaakov didn't bring the gula. And the Volnagayim didn't bring the gula. Miani, Mani. And yes, most people, deep down, that's what they're thinking. I get to a Samach David. I'm happy if I had Kabbalah in the first Pasuk and Sorry. First, uh, first part, and then uh, I turned it on for Slachlanu because I, I did come up with some of Eiras Nashivenu and Abreichalenu and Parnasa, and then Sema David Shlaim Ircha, and I kind of get lost. I'm petering out. So uh, the reason we peter out, besides the fact that it's in the Middle Shmona already, is because we don't really believe that we can make a difference. And uh, if you don't start believing you can make a difference, you've achieved to make a difference. You've achieved to believe you can make a difference. You've achieved to want to make a difference. And these are real chiyuvim. It's a piece of the Yeshua. It's one of the big four questions they ask. Until you understand that, you're not going to be very good at it. And that's what the Peliyates addresses. Hinei. Two paragraphs in the bottom. Hinei kichain layuchal ish laymar. Hayim bishvili misakeh bagula. What, Mashiach's not here because of me? Ayesh biyadu lekarvo. And I can bring the gula. I can bring it closer. I can bring it quicker. Afilu miyeh tzadeh gamer. Even if I was holding, even if I'm very from there, so many Yidin who aren't so from, there's so many people doing a favor, some people are going to be the Gula. Yes, there are many who are worse than me. So, they're stopping it. And if I'm not, I'm not going to bring it. Very uh, piercing lambdas. So, like, I'm just a vanity. Uh, what are you picking on me for? And if I knew it was really up to me, I would jump in. I'd jump in the Yamsuf and I'd be mamis myself on the Torah and the Aveda, the Messias Nefesh as needed. If I knew that my mitzvah was making a difference, I would talk and throw myself into it more. It's obviously not up to me. And the way many people have told it to me, they said, there's so many great Sadiqim, an example for Amesha, the Vilmagai, and the Ramam. If it didn't come yet, and we haven't just gotten to Adair, it's getting worse and worse. If it didn't come yet, how's it going to come now? That's a good kasha. Forget the individual. How's it going to come? The answer is, is that we don't know the exact formula. We know Darsha Kulachayev, Darsha Kulazaki. We don't want to get to Darsha Kulachayev. So you say, well, why is everybody trying to be Makayev people? Well, the only chance we have is Darsha Kulachayev. Darsha Kulazaki, we're certainly not going to get. Can't be Makayev, everybody. So each time we're Makayev, somebody, that's ridiculous. He's addressing that. He says, so we're not gonna, how are we gonna learn the mission of the Sugya Sahajan? So it's not gonna be Kulazaka, it gotta be Kulachai. You have to know who you count. Maybe among the Yid Hashem is looking at it, it has to be Kulazaka. That's a possibility. Not the other ones aren't Jews. But you have to maybe look at the group that uh, is gonna be under consideration. The other ones are Tanish but what do you expect? Hashem's not gonna expect from them. So maybe it's only us. Then we can have Kulazaka if we all clean up our act. And what he's going to get to is a very important point is that you don't have to bring the gula. The gula means gula sashchina. Because gulas means gula sashchina. And bringing it doesn't mean bringing it as in one morning Ben David is here. It means every time you do a mitzvah, you raise the shchina out of the tsar hashchina, the gula sashchina, someone. Every time you do a very, you're putting it back deeper in. So your job is just to raise it by some increment. And that you could do. That's biyatcha. Yes? With Right. Yes, a good example. Very good example. Can you imagine if somebody would have said, you know what? Now that we've had the Makkas and things are getting a little easier, I have to pack. Can we stay here another 12 hours? 
So we know from the Zayar Kaddish and many other sources, they couldn't stand there for another 12 seconds. Had they done one more Avera, it would have been all over. So if somebody would have said, it doesn't make a difference, not a mitzvah, not a Avera, we're leaving anyway. The answer is, the Tzara Shechina is what we're trying, even though that's a Madrega, what we're trying to deal with over here. And if we can't actually bring the physical gula, every mitzvah is going to help in bringing the Tzara Shechina to a little more Nechama or Chasashama the other direction, which is what he's going to spell out. And that's all we have to focus on. So you don't have to make huge decisions, and you don't have to be the one triggering it, even though your mitzvah could do it. Well, that's irrelevant, and he's going to spell that out. Let's go a few more minutes. We started a few minutes late. The issue over here is the gula sashchina. We'll read, just skip to the brackets. Every mitzvah gives the shechina more wings, and the shechina is able to exit the gullus to some small degree. And Nebuch, the flip side, is the wings. Every time we do an Avera, the wings are weighed down, and every time we do a mitzvah, the shechina is able to fly higher. And that depends on every tiny mitzvah of every small Jew, Benani, Russia, Tzaddik, and every small Avera. Lezais, and therefore, Lezais Yecharid Aish V'yilafes Charodah G'dayla. We should have enough Yerushamayim besides our own Ruchniyas to understand what opportunity we're missing if we don't do that mitzvah, and we don't do it a little more Mesiris Nefesh, a little more Panemius, a little more Lashma. Yitzayfa, Mabit, Chola Shebekeich, Allah says, Begain, La'akama, Shechinasa, Me'afra. Whatever we could do to bring the Shechina up from the dirt, a very, very jarring metaphor here. The Magam, it's true, the exact date and the time where the Shechina will send the Mashiach. It will depend on one Yid and one more Mitzvah. Very interesting. Shuvi Yisrael. Shuvi Yisrael is talking, talking to Klaisov. It's also said, every Yid has to know, it's up to me. That's a critique, not of Klai as a whole necessarily, but also the individual. Top line is Besides the, I finish the Avera and the missed opportunity of a mitzvah, there's an achrayis on everybody for the Tzara Shechina and the Gulov of the club. It shouldn't be your fault. And that's what Matzapa Yeshua means, which gives us a new angle. Besides knowing that he's coming, knowing he can come every day, you have to really yearn and look and watch. You also have to make sure that you know that you're doing something practical and it makes a difference. So whether the is built or not, if you kept this in mind and you did the mitzvahs, besides obviously the mitzvah of the Shema, but understanding you're helping the Sarah Shechina, then it's Kilu Nivna B'yamav, and this is an unbelievable segue, as you mentioned, to Nisan and Chedesh Agula. And the next piece of Mitzvah Shem we're going to start is on Pesach itself. Mitzvah Shem will start that over Yantif.